We hope you were encouraged today. Subscribe to the Fox River Podcast to ensure you don't miss future messages. Stay connected through our social media channels on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And of course, make a difference in the lives of those you know by sharing with them. We are grateful for you and hope you join us again soon. Well, Merry Christmas, everybody. Let me ask you, how many got your Christmas vibe yet? You really feel like you're in the Christmas spirit. Give me a little wave there. Yeah. This late Thanksgiving thing is really kind of hanging there, right? It's like I'm trying to catch up with that. I'm feeling a little bit of that at the same time. But if you were to ask me, what are you feeling right now? I'm feeling a little bit like one of those Christmas shepherds. Here's why I would say that. They heard God's Christmas message, experienced that, And then they just couldn't stop telling other people about it. They just couldn't stop sharing it. And really, that's what I'm feeling right now, that this Christmas message that God has given is something that I'm just, you know, kind of sharing with my friends and other people I'm just kind of striking up conversations with. And I'm hoping that we're going to find this contagiousness that's going through us as well. God's Christmas message. It's a threefold message. Last week, we looked at the first part of it. And that was this. When God says to us that I am for you, God is for us. And just think about that. That's amazing. God says, I am in your corner. Today, he adds to it. Not only does God tell us in Christmas that I am for you, but he says that I am with you. God with us. Now, if you have a Bible, I'm going to ask you if you just take it right now. I want to go over to Matthew's telling of the Christmas story. Matthew was a CPA of his day, really given to the detail of things. And when Matthew opens up the Christmas story, he wants to make sure that we don't miss some of these details that are taking place. Now, if you don't have a Bible with you, don't open your phone, you can pull up real quick, grab the Pew Bible, and you go over to page 1374, and you'll find the passage that we're looking at. While you're turning your Bibles, I just want to say this real quick. If perchance you don't own a Bible and would like to, we want to take the opportunity here at all of our campuses just to offer you the one that you've got in your hands right now as our gift to you. I encourage you to put a bookmarker in here. You probably want to not only look at this passage a little bit later this week, but then in the next chapter, the Christmas story continues on as well. We're going to pick up verse number 18, which says, This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he'd considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you will give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, that's prophet Isaiah, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means, would you read this part with me? God with us. When Joseph awoke, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him, and he took Mary home as his wife, but he didn't consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name 
Jesus. Now, you just kind of glance up at the screen or in your Bibles, if you want to take a note right here. Verse 23, Matthew points this out. He said, there was this prophecy that was given. In fact, this is 700 years old. Think of that. Seven centuries before the event, God puts a stake in the ground and said, this is what's going to happen. Isaiah's prophecy specifically read this way. The Lord himself will give you a sign. I'm just going to pause for a second. Everything is always given in a context, right, in the scripture. Real people, real places, real point in history. As I mentioned, 700 years before, Isaiah was talking to a group of leaders. He was saying, you can trust God. In fact, God wants you to trust him and put him first place in their lives. These people were very resistant. In fact, they were just kind of like pushing off from it. So Isaiah said to him, God told me to ask you this. Ask God for a sign to show that you can trust him, that he's bigger than your enemies, that he's bigger than the things that you're facing. And they were this way, like, oh, no, 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 no. We would, we would never ask God. We wouldn't ask God for a sign, which is their just way of going, like, not interested. And so Isaiah said, yeah, God said you'd say that. He said, so God said, he'll give you a sign. You don't know if you can trust me or not? How's this for a sign? A virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. Now this is a verse that you may see on Christmas cards. This word Emmanuel that pops up over and over again, sometimes it's spelled with an E, E-I, same word that's there. God said, here's a sign for you. Now this is interesting. If you do web surfing, kind of poking around out there, you may bump into this and at first you just go like, whoa, like, what's with that? There's a, a move to try to discredit what's being said. Because if you can discredit this, then you can kind of you know, push the whole Christianity thing aside, right? If you're in college, high school times, you know, people like, you know, they're trying to, trying to cause you to doubt your faith. And it's usually with some technicalities, right? So get that. Here's the technical, you know. Technically, people would say, well, this technically doesn't mean you have to have a virgin to do this. And here's why they say that. The word virgin, Hebrew word, is Alma. And what they're going to say is, technically, Alma doesn't have to be a virgin. It could be just a young, unmarried woman. Technically. Now, honestly, I mean, for you hear that first, like, whoa, what am I going to do with this? If you go a little bit further, I mean, you go like, okay, let's really just say, what does it say? What does, it, you know, what is this communicating? The word almost 100% of the time does mean a virgin. But beyond that, beyond what Matthew says and points it out here, think about this. Think about the context of what's being said. How much of a sign would it be from God if a young, unmarried woman has sexual relations with a man and she ends up having a son? Oh, that's a sign, isn't it? Actually, no. I mean, you go like, uh, that's kind of what you'd expect to happen, right? In fact, people take measures so that doesn't happen. But, if God himself gives a sign and a virgin conceives, 
gives birth to a son. A woman who's never had sexual relationships, never has a, a male sperm introduced to her body. She conceives and gives birth to a son. Now, that, that would be a sign from God, wouldn't it? That would be a reason, like, you can trust me and I've got something special. In fact, that would be a miracle right up there with God himself becoming a man. That word Emmanuel, we're going to call him Emmanuel. Whenever we see Emmanuel today, Emmanuel, I'm going to ask you, what does Emmanuel mean? And it literally means this. So I'm going to say, what does Emmanuel mean? It means, okay, everything you do a little bit better, same with our campuses. What does Emmanuel mean? It means that is really good. But I want to add to that right now. I want to put it, you know, something right in the next breath that you say. Because Emmanuel, it's not just this truth that God is with us, but it's also that God is with me. So when I ask you, what does Emmanuel mean? I want you to say, God is with me. God is with me. and therein begins the Christmas message. Let's just break it apart, the two parts that we've got here real quickly, but bring it back to this this incredible truth that God says, I want you to know that I am with you. It starts with God. And God, as Emmanuel says, God became a man. The reason that God did this, God the Father sent Jesus so that we would be able to know him. That's God's desire in all of this. The scripture is like so, so clear with this, and I just want to let you know a little bit of sampling of it, that Jesus was God. John starts this out. John is one of Jesus' closest disciples, and he said, In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God, and the Word became flesh. And he made his dwelling among us, and we have seen his glory, the one who is full of grace and truth. Jesus showed us this is what God is like. For in Christ, all the fullness of God lives in a human body. Hebrews tells us, For God his son is the reflection of God's glory, the exact likeness of God's being. You want to know what God's like? All you have to do is look at Jesus. And finally, Jesus himself, in interacting with one of his disciples, this was at the Last Supper, in other words, it is just before Jesus goes to the cross, pays for the uh, price of the sin of the world. Philip asked him this. He said, Lord, if you could just show us the Father, God the Father, that'd be all that we need for everything to believe. And Jesus said to him, Philip, have you been with us so long and you still don't know me? Whoever has seen me, Jesus said, you have seen the Father. God wants us to be crystal clear on this. Bottom line, and that is that Jesus is God. The manifestation of God so that we would be able to know him. This brings us Emmanuel. What does Emmanuel mean? Emmanuel means and yeah, God with us. It's talking about the gift that Jesus brings to us of presence. If you're taking notes today, or if you're not, I'd encourage you just to write this down. This down. Did you know that God's greatest gifts come through Jesus? And as I mentioned, one of the gifts that God gives to us through Jesus is his gift of presence with us. Jesus' words after his resurrection to all of his followers was, were these, not just the 12, but to everyone that had chosen to follow him. He said, I want you to go everywhere, share the gospel, 
And remember this. Remember that I am with you. He didn't say, hey, remember, I'm with y'all. I'm with you always to the end of the age. God follows up on this with this statement. It's this penta declaration that he gives. In Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5, God says to us, never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. Now, that's a pretty clear message, right? But it's actually even more emphatic in its original Koine language. Because it uses five different negatives to punctuate it. Now, here's the difference, Koine Greek and English. In English, when we use more than one negative, then it changes the meaning, right? So if I use a double negative, if I say, I'm not not going, it means what? I'm, yeah, right? I'm not not going, which means I'm going. In Koine Greek, if you said, I'm not not going, it means, well, for sure he's not going. Because rather than canceling, it like takes it to the next level, takes it to the next level, takes it to the level. It's a multiplier. In Hebrews 13, verse 5, there are five negatives packed into this. God said, I will never, 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 never leave you. I am always with you. Would you do that with me? I mean, you talk about, talk about a statement. Just take out one hand. All you need is one. Put it out like that. Or if you're embarrassed, put it down low. But I want you with, your, with me. Ready? I will never, 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 never leave you. Emmanuel means what? It means... It means... This gift of presence is so significant. I just want to talk for a second about the power of presence. I had this impressed upon me when I was a teenager, and I will never forget it. To me, this whole event seems like yesterday. I was on a camp out, my Boy Scout troop, we're Troop 9. We'd gone out to Pierce Lake, we were there the first night, had a great time that day, and after dark, we announced, we're going to go, me and a couple of my friends, we're going to go on a night hike. So we get our high beam flashlights, and here we're, you know, we're just going off into the dark. Now, what we actually did was we hiked to the entrance of this state park where we were at, and we decided, wouldn't it be fun if we hid in the bushes along this county highway, and when a car came by, we would pop out and take our lights and shine it right at the windshield. <laughs> like, that would be fun. None of us drove. We had no idea what we were doing that way. So we all got down there. First car comes by. It gets, you know, maybe to the back wall. We pop up. We put our lights on it. And you could just see the driver's face just kind of like in there. And we lied. That was the funniest thing we ever saw. Like, this is so fun, right? And we did it. And we did it again. A few minutes later, here comes another car coming by. We're like down there. And we're, you know, kind of like... Here they come. We jump up, put our lights there, and almost instantly you heard this as the car slams on its brakes. And we're like, whoa. Car spins around and comes right to the entrance of the park. And we realized very quickly that we had just shined a group of young adults who it seems like been partying pretty hard. They began speaking words that we knew we weren't supposed to use in Boy Scouts. And then adding things onto it like, we are going to kill you. We are going to kick your butt. 
out of the bushes, shoo, we were, you know, we were hightailing it back to our campus fast week ago. I remember popping out of the woods, running across the road into the other woods to keep my cover. And the next thing I know, just boom, like that. I'm laying flat on my back looking up at the stars. I'll find out tomorrow that there's one of the, the guide wires, you know, to keep a pole in place that was coming down there. Caught me just underneath my throat. I mean, there's a huge mark on the next day. I didn't feel a thing. I was back on my feet, and I'm running literally for my life. I mean, I'm fast, but then I was like, you know, when you, I was run for your life fast. We got back to our campsite. I mean, our hearts are beating a million miles a minute. I'm there. My friends are there. My dad comes out. We're like, he's like, what's going on? My dad happened to go with us on that um, camp out as one of our group leaders. My dad's a police officer. And so... <laughs> I tell him, I'm like, this, this car pulled up there and they got out and they're yelling at us and they're threatening to beat us up. I think I left out the flashlight part. <laughs> I know I left out the flashlight part. But he just goes, well, let's go. And he and another troop leader, you know, he took us and we just started walking down and we were walking right toward where that, you know, immediately I was running from as fast as I could. And to this day, I can still feel my dad, as we were just walking down there, he put his hand on my shoulder. And in that moment, there wasn't a drop of fear in me. I had this absolute peace or comfort, courage, as I was walking back toward that which I had fled before because of the presence of this one that was with me. We'll come back to courage. We'll come back to comfort in just a minute. How do we experience that with God? What's that like for us? That's where we want to go today. If you're one of Jesus' original disciples, put yourself in their sandals for a minute. And you spent three years with him. You had Emmanuel there. What does Emmanuel mean, by the way? Emmanuel means... So I've got Jesus here with me. And most of the time as Jesus and his disciples, these three years were together, most of the time they were really unaware that God was with them. Because it was just normal, normal life. They'd walk together. They'd listen to Jesus as he's teaching. They would eat with him. You know, they'd sleep. Normal. But then there were some times that the presence of God was just an unmistakable thing to them. They'd see the, these miracles that Jesus would do. They'd see the healings that he'd do. Interestingly enough, with maybe one exception, they never had those done in their lives. But they were just able to be there present with God with them and God at work that way. So I began thinking like, how have I seen, how have I experienced God with me? And I jot a couple things down. I hope some of this just kind of gives some some perspective. I want you thinking about your life right now. Almost everything I'll share has nothing to do with the fact that I lead a church. Because it's so easy, right, to discount like, well, of course, guy, you get to experience God because you're a pastor, you're a preacher, right? The reasons that I put down and the times that I've experienced God is not because I'm a pastor. A lot of them happened way before I was. It's because 
I've opened my life up to Jesus and received him. It's because I'm a child of God. And Emmanuel, God with us, God with me, God is with me because I'm a child of his, not because of something I've done or doing for him. Which would mean Emmanuel is for each and every one of you that have opened your life up to Jesus as well. First time. First time I could say, I just, I knew that God was there with me was the night that I, um, as I said, I, I, I trusted him. You know, I said, Jesus, I need you in my life. Now, it wasn't in the moment. In fact, in the moment was awkward. And afterwards, I was just like, I'm trying to figure things out. But that night, as I was pillowing my head, there was this unmistakable peace and joy that was in my life that I had never experienced before. And I just realized, this is God. With the birth of all five of our children, Denise and I have five children, with the birth of every one of them, I experienced God's presence there. All of our children happened to be born C-section. So it wasn't the wonder of them, you know, just kind of, you know, you know, popping out. That, you know, like, oh, like, oh, I see, you know, that's God. It's like, no, it was, you know, it was very surgical that was in there, literally. But when they first presented our child, and they were kind of slimy, I'll tell you, but <laughs> God, unmistakable, with me in that new life and the beholding of that. I've experienced God's presence so many times at weddings. That's interesting, I thought, but I thought, you know what? <laughs> That's a Jesus thing. Jesus was so into weddings. First miracle he ever did, it was, it was at a wedding. What a, place, what a place for God to make sure that you knew that he was there. When people receive Jesus, sometimes it's a one-on-one, sometimes in a small group, sometimes in a larger setting like this, in every case. There's this unmistakable presence of God that I sense at that point. Similarly, when I'm listening to people share their stories about how they did, whether it's as a child, whether it's as an adult, whatever their details of it, it's like, and God is there with us in this affirming, declarative way. Believer's baptism, same thing. It's like, it's like you can't, I can't miss God's presence that's going on there next one you go like that's that's a little weird isn't it probably the most unmistakable experiencing of god that i have is when he is convicting me of my sin and whether i'm in the action or whether it's after the fact and god God just says, so this is your choice. And what I do next is always like really important, same with everybody, but, but I know God is there in making himself real and known to me. I've experienced God in deathbeds, sitting beside somebody as they're going from this life into eternity. I remembered with my dad, it was just after he died, it was like early, early mornings, family's still coming together. And they're just over his now shell that was there. He'd already stepped into eternity. He's in heaven. 
I remember standing there and like, God, you're here. And just lifting my hands up that. And in those minutes, just worshiping God in the presence. You look at it from the outside, you go like, that is weird. But being there, it's like, that is so real. Communion. A lot of times in communion, it's like, God, you are so here with us right now. And I could talk about near-death experiences that I've had. You may have gone through some as well, and in every one of them, it's like, and God was unmistakably with me. And then, there's normal life. And if you'd ask me, in most days as I'm just going through life, can you unmistakably sense the presence of God? And I'm like, not really. Which doesn't mean that he's not. But there's sometimes that this experiencing comes across in such a strong, strong way. How about you? It's one of the great reasons for being in a small group. To be able to interact, you know, have faith-building friends. Because you get to ask these questions and hear other people's stories. Afterwards, I hope you'll ask the questions. I've heard some great stories even last night taking place already. For all of us, how do we do it more? How do we experience God more? And there's a phrase, it's actually a phrase that was coined a couple hundred years ago. It's just as applicable today. It's called practicing the presence of God. How do you practice the presence of God? Well, think about it. First of all, it begins this way. Start with the promise. Emmanuel says what? Emmanuel means? And God, God with me. So I'm just going to start with the promise. Remember Jesus' promise? Remember, I'm with you always. How many times has God affirmed, I'm with you, 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 I'm with you? I mean, like, it's right there in front. Like, that's God's promise. I'm going to take you at your promise, God. Continue growing in your faith. Peter said, keep growing in the grace and the knowledge of Jesus. Like, how do you do that? It may just be for you. You're going to start every day with your verse of the day. If you haven't joined us or you didn't know about it, um, as a church, we are all on version, or we encourage everybody to be on version. We just pull up a verse of the day, and it's almost like we get this word from God that comes to us that way. When you pray, just pray earnestly. You may even pray this, God, would you help me just to experience you a little bit more to see you today in some way? We go to simply paying attention. And when I begin paying attention, all of a sudden, you, you know, it's like, you can see these fingerprints of God in areas that you'd be easy to miss if you just weren't paying attention. Sometimes I just realize this new aspect about creation or something really new and incredible that you know, takes place in our human body. and just like, whoa. And in that moment, it's like, oh God, you are so here with me in this. We come to walking in the truth. And I love, the tr- I love this word. Rather than the Bible just saying to you, hey, just live the truth, it expresses this way. You just want to walk in it, which means you just take a step at a time. It's not about like, how is this going to fit? It's like, what's your next step? And your next step, you just keep taking that. And then, of course, thank God. Because so many times in giving thanks, the presence of God manifests itself in an even greater way with this. It's something that all of us can do. That is the practice, the presence of God. Now, if you will, you're going to see some things taking place in your life. When 
through this gift of presence, you're going to find that it's producing a couple of things because this is what God said would happen. I talked earlier about courage. And I was with my dad. I still remember that. And just the courage that I felt in his presence at that moment. God says to us this. Be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you. And if God is with you, these things can be real. And coupled with courage, you're going to find comfort. Maybe one of the more well-known verses or passages in the Bible, Psalm 23. You hear it a lot at funerals. It's way bigger than funerals, but it just pops up there. It starts out, the Lord is my shepherd. How many have heard that? Lord is my shepherd, shall not want. Okay. Verse 4 says this. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. Why? Read it with me. For you are with me. And your rod and thy staff, they comfort me. When you are with me, I get this comfort. So here's what the presence of God can do for us now, and I hope that it will. As we step into this week, more aware of Emmanuel. Emmanuel means what? Emmanuel means God with me. We go back into, here's regular life, right? Tuesday, here's our headline. Fears of school shootings hit eight Wisconsin high schools in three days. We talked about this earlier in the service, right? If you're a student, you're stepping back into school, and a lot of students are just expressing this, am I safe? That is a very real thing, and you can, you can tell them, you can explain to them, here's this, this, and that, but you're, they're feeling what they're feeling. Teachers are feeling what they're feeling right now. Parents are feeling what they're feeling. If your phone goes off as a parent and you look down and you see that it's a note from the school, immediately, you get that, like, we are going to a very dark place. But remember this, as a student, as you step into, as you step onto the campus, you step into your classroom, Emmanuel. God is not only for you, but God is with you in whatever it is that it is you're going to face. Parents, as you're sending your, your kids off, God is with them. God is with you. If you're a student, you got friends, and they don't know Jesus. And you, know, you go in there like, okay, I get, here's where my courage is coming from. Here's where my comfort comes from. I know God is with me. And they're like, how do you know that? Think about what their life would be like. Think about going into the most difficult situations of life and not having God. But because God is with you, you can share with them the Christmas message. Hey, did you know God's for you? Did you know that God will be with you? Powerful, isn't it? In fact, sharing that shepherd spirit that I talked about earlier, it just goes with what it is that we're talking about, that God is with us. As a church, we've said, we, want to be, we just want to let everybody know, here's what we're about, that our heart is people. And our message, it's Jesus. We've got a little gift for everybody on the way out. There's a refrigerator magnet, so you know, hope you'll pick one of those up as you go. But it's that reminder, this message of Jesus, remember, I am with you always. And in fact, on the way out, I want to encourage everybody, if you would, uh, and this is everybody. 
would you grab a couple of the Christmas invite cards? And in this time of Christmas season, as we're just saying, hey, here's the message, invite somebody that doesn't have a place to be for Christmas Eve to join with us here. Here's one of the cool things I think about the card. You know, again, you know, kind of gadgety or a little geeky with this. But this um, QRC code that's on the back, if you tell your friend, if you just put your um, phone's camera on it, you don't have to take a picture, but if you put your phone you know, on that and focus on it, you are going to have a secret message that pops up, and it's true. It does. It's going to take your website, you know, times and everything like that, and you can tell them. If, you're, if you put your, your phone camera on it and you don't get a message, then it's a word from God that you need a new phone. <laughs> and he just wants you, it's God's will for you to go out and to buy one. So, I mean, like, I know some of you are going like, I'm checking mine, like, as soon as I get out of here right now. Hey, can I give you one other thing? This is like, this is just a side real quick, but the other reason I am so excited about our Christmas Eve services, we're doing a Christ, our Christmas Eve offering, and what we're going to do this year is we're looking now for people that are in need. We want people that don't know or are doubting that God is with them to know it. So in our Christmas offering, we're going to give to a community partner, but then we're going to take the rest of it, and then we're going to give it to people that you have let us know are in a difficult time in life. And that same, you know, snap it on the code or go to our website, you'll find there, here's how you can nominate a person, you know, little, you know, little information that we need so that we can check and see, is this a person that we can, can consider giving? They don't have to attend church here. We just want to be a blessing, right? I mean, because we want people to know that God is with them. And remember this, you're giving this card out, when you're giving it to somebody and they may give you the like, you know, like, well, like, are you religious? Or, you know, you know, that kind of a look, right? Remember this. Emmanuel, God is with me as I'm sharing his message. Would you do this real quick, just for the fun of it? Would you turn to the person next to you and say, Emmanuel, God is with you? Would you do that real quick? All of our campuses, just turn to them and go, Emmanuel, God is with you. And that's God's message. He wants you to know this. In fact, we talked about last week, God's hardest people. He so loved the world, and I want you to put your name there. He so loved Guy, that he gave his one and only son, Jesus, that if Guy would believe in him, he would not perish, but have eternal life. I talked about the time I put my faith and trust in Jesus. I want to ask you, have you ever done that? Because to have God with you, you do need to open yourself up to his gift and to his son. I said earlier, God's greatest gifts come through Jesus. The gift of presence, the gift of life and new life. And if you haven't, for whatever reason, come to that point of figuratively bowing your knee before Jesus and saying, I've been trying to do it on my own. I've been thinking I can be good enough. I'm just trying to do my best. And I realize that what you did on the cross is what I need for the forgiveness of my sin. Your resurrection, that's the power that I need in my life. And I so desire to have a restored relationship with God. Jesus, I am ready to put my faith in you and you alone as my Lord and Savior. If that's you, today, Emmanuel will become a reality with you. Would you join me in this prayer together? God, thank you 
for your gift of presence and the power that it brings to us in our lives. So many different ways, giving us courage, giving us comfort. God, giving us just more of your love. Thanks. For our friends here, our campuses online, across the world, that realize Jesus that now is the time for them to humble themselves and to come to you in repentance, asking you for your saving grace and to be their savior, the Lord of their life. I pray that it will be unmistakable to them. Somebody today would say, Guy, best of my knowledge, I've never done this before, but I'm ready today to put my faith and trust in Jesus as my savior and to ask him to be that. Would you just raise a hand wherever you're at and go, and that's me? Just wave at me. Sometimes it takes me just a second to see. Our campuses, same thing. Balcony. Yeah. Others then? Thanks. Thank you, Jesus, again for this, this miracle that you're doing in lives today. We remember when we took it and I pray that we'll be able to share this good news with others as well. We pray all these things in your special, precious, holy name. And all God's people said, Fox River, for those who have opened their lives up to Jesus today, putting their faith and trust in him, would you kind of join with me in sharing what's in our heart for them? I'm just going like, we are so, so... So, so happy for God's grace and God's working, and we're so glad that you're here with us. We hope you were encouraged today. Subscribe to the Fox River Podcast to ensure you don't miss future messages. Stay connected through our social media channels on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And of course, make a difference in the lives of those you know by sharing with them. We are grateful for you and hope you join us again soon.